Welcome to More to Come, PW Comics World's uh, bi-weekly podcast on, on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor at Publishers Weekly and uh, Co-Editor of PW Comics World. And I'm Heidi McDonald, also the Co-Editor of PW Comics World, the Graphic Novel Reviews Editor for Publishers Weekly, and the Editor of The Beat, www.comicsbeat.com. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons, I'm their Podcast Producer, and I write for both of them. This week on More to Come, we're going to be offering up our preview of San Diego Comic-Con, the biggest pop culture event in North America. I'm sure you've all heard a little bit about it. Um, I've been going probably for about eight or nine years. I get maybe ten. I'm I'm a relative newcomer uh, in uh, comparison uh, with Heidi here. Uh, It's very difficult to describe, but um, it's a an incredible buffet of everything in pop culture uh, that you could possibly want with a huge helping of comics right in the center. It's, um, uh, uh, among other things, uh, Comic-Con provides a pretty amazing window into the pop culture psyche of America. Endless marketing. Um, um, many people have probably heard how much uh, the movie industry has impacted Comic-Con, and that's true, but make no mistake, Comics are king, uh, at least to me at Comic-Con. You can find publishers, you can find artists. Uh, Artist Alley is massive and inviting. Um, The city of San Diego, it seems even even more welcoming to the convention. Uh, At times in the past, it it hasn't. Um, It it spills out of the San Diego Convention Center into uh, all of the outlying areas around the convention center. And um, in many ways, uh, for four or five days, uh, you can kind of live in a comic book world. Well, we, we call it Brigadoon, because it, the Brigadoon of comics, because it shows up, and then for five days, there is a madcap swirl of activity, and then on Monday morning, it's all gone, like a dream that never even existed. <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't like to say how many Comic-Cons I've been to, but it's 20-plus. And in that time, I've seen it go from a small gathering of 5,000 people to sitting around uh, to 130,000-plus people um, swarming for free bags and swag and, uh, you know, desperate to get a glimpse of, uh, you know, a True Blood cast member and uh, parking out for autographs. And uh, meanwhile, cartoonists also congregating and drawing and talking and loving and, you know, doing all the things that cartoonists do. So, oh, and drinking. And yeah, drinking. And drinking. Yes, there might be drinking. There's Calvin's a, making a little drinky sound. Yes, yes. And uh, I, it's an extraordinary event. And in the time that I've been going, it's it's gone from something that was looked on askance and, you know, with, with as some sort of, you know, oddity to an event that is... Equaled, I feel, really only by something like uh, the Super Bowl or the Oscars, and um, both Please, those. the Oscars don't bring that many people. I know, well, I was going to, I was going to say they're smaller. I mean, yeah. it's bigger than those, yeah. and uh, I mean maybe the Cannes Film Festival, but the Cannes Film Festival is on for two weeks. I've talked to people who've gone to both, and they say yeah. nothing compares to Comic Con for for the intensity of the of the high. Well, I have managed to go. To the consumer electronics show, which isn't as much fun and is bigger, but you can't beat um, Comic Con for both intensity, uh, fun, um, and every layer of pop culture you can think of. And I've never been to Comic Con. I very much want to. I've seen my share of other cons, but it's on the other coast, and I haven't quite gotten there yet. 
Well, well, one of these days we're going to get you there, Kate. You know, maybe next year we'll, you know, start next up. year. You know what? Well, let's start up a we'll start a Kickstarter fund. We'll call it, we'll call it a Kate Starter fund. Okay? I love it. I love yeah, it. yeah. Get we'll, Kate to Comic Con. We'll get you there, brother. Yeah. I can see you walking across, you know, the country with a stick and a bundle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like San Diego or a bus. Yeah. All right, but uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the events. Going yeah, let's at Comic Con. And a lot of the best events at Comic-Con this year are not at Comic-Con at all. They're off-site. And, I mean, it's really a proliferation of new off-site events this year. There's going to be um, Wootstock, a geek musical variety show with Will Wheaton and the geek musical comedy duo Paul and Storm and many celebrity guests. There's going to be a zombie dance party taking over an entire nightclub on Saturday night. There's going to be a second sort of mini-con <laughs> infiltrating the area, much in the way that Slam Dance lurks around Sundance, called Trickster, which is a creator-driven mini-con, which is new this year and sounds very interesting. There's even GamerCon, a gaming con with tournaments, industry guests, and live geek theater. That, you know, you don't, you don't need to be a GamerCon goer to buy tickets to their live performances of D Dr. Horrible, Repo the Genetic Opera, and a play called Gamers, with <laughs> three in the gamers, just so you know they're serious. And Kevin Smith will be hosting Smodcast live for two days, so you get to see Kevin Smith hang out with his buddies and curse up a storm and talk about geeky things. A Cirque du Soleil is going to be there with like a 3D film background surround thing. At Petco Park. Like, at you Petco know, it's not Park. just doing it on the street, it's doing it at a baseball stadium. So Yes. But they're but they're here because of Comic Con. Right. They're not just yeah. randomly at yeah. Petco Park. Yeah. And many, many more things. If you go to uh, publishersweekly.com or to the comicsbeat.com, you'll find a list of a wide array of off-site events. Seriously, this year there's something for everyone, and even if you only have a ticket to one day of Comic-Con, you can still get a full four days of geek fun. <laughs> well right. said. There you go. Very true. Well, I mean, one... There's so much at Comic-Con. I mean, I'm going to focus really on one uh, one event um, that that uh, has really attracted me and something that I'm really interested in. Uh, and that is a, um, a group calling themselves the J Manga Committee. Uh, it's going to be meeting, um, it's going to be both holding a reception and holding a panel um, at San Diego. And this, this committee is essentially um, the, um, I think it's called, it's the, it's the Digital Comics Association of Japan. It's a, uh, an association of about 39 uh, Japanese manga publishers. And I think there are some American affiliates, uh, Yen Press, and I believe at one time Tokyo Pop. Uh, they, this group obviously um, has come together uh, to look at the issues around digital comics. But about a year ago in particular, they banded together to really try to start a program to really challenge and, um, and basically prohibit and stop scanlations uh, and to make it to, to bring the law enforcement in and, and, and go up against uh, basically the problem of uh, scanlators uh, pu putting free uh, allowing free access to manga online and essentially undermining uh, the manga market uh, in the states 
but as well, uh, really in Japan as well. And from what I've been hearing about this uh, particular group, they brought their uh, the program to San Diego uh, to really address the American market, but also because I think this is starting to really hit Japanese publishers. They they have not been as aggressive in Japan because it seemed in many ways to be an international problem and an American problem. Um, but um, it's a measure of uh, how the Japanese, or rather how the manga market in general, has changed. Get, Kate? Yeah, and to clarify, these are not just Bob Scanslater at home translating something and putting it up quietly on his own web page. I mean, this, these are people who, Bob Scanslater might be the Scanslater, but there are giant aggregator sites with ads on them making lots and lots of money on, on these basically stolen material. It's not DIY. Yeah. It is literal piracy. These are people Absolutely. who are making money off of this. They're so. making a yeah. lot and, of money and, off and of And it. many publishers are really starting to realize that, uh, that access to these scanlation sites, and they are giant aggregators with, with, with uh, millions of visitors to, uh, to their sites, um, are undermining, uh, undermining sales. Um, the uh, J Manga Committee will have, among others, uh, there will be representatives from uh, Kodansha, Shigaka Khan, um, Shuisha, and others. And uh, it, 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 I think it's a measure of where the manga market is now uh, that you see uh, j Japanese manga publishers that now they've always come to Comic Con in the past, not always in such a public way. So this uh, should should provide some insight into their thinking and really give us a sense of where the manga market in the U.S. and in and in Japan uh, is heading. Are on, they doing on a panel? Comics. Are they doing They're a doing panel? a panel, which I believe will be on um, Friday morning. Uh, no, I think on um, Saturday morning, and they're doing a reception on uh, Friday afternoon. What would be very interesting to know is if they plan to do something um, with manga that they've been doing with anime which is to almost steal the business model of the pirates and put some of the backlist manga online ad supported for people to read for free and then the company gets the money from the ads because that's what they're doing on Hulu with a lot of uh, backlist right. anime. Well, these are, these are kind of very things interesting that, that we'd like to them. see. I mean, the Japanese publishers have been criticized in the past for dragging their feet on making digital versions of their comics available. Uh, right now, um, in the States, we're starting to see Viz uh, make some comics available. Yen Press, I think, a very small amount. Uh, digital manga publishing very much. has a limited list, but they have a lot of, of digital comics available. Uh, hopefully, that this, this meeting here uh, at San Diego will give us some, some insight into what they're doing in Japan. And what they're going to be doing next year. Yes. You know, that is really one of the things about San Diego. Even while all the movie stars are parading around and, you know, there's screenings and, and you know, signings and everything, there's also a lot of business that goes on. Yeah, and, you know, I, there there's a lot of meetings and, me, you know, secret groups, uh, trilateral commissions of comics get together. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there's always something going on in a back room. and you hear about it years later. So well, Comic-Con is a, you know, is a, is a, is a fan fan fest, but it's also a professional show as well. Yes. yes. So there, um, there's business going on behind the scenes. And, and not just a professional marketing show, but a, a professional meetup and yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. you know, Yeah, you will have more yeah. of the players from all over the world there in different fields. Um, you know, it's also a great place to meet with your agent apparently. So um, 
Uh, speaking of agents, uh, one other thing that, you know, we were hearing a few weeks ago about how the movies were pulling out of Comic-Con or the studios were pulling out. And it is true. Well, it is true that Warner Brothers does not have a presentation and Disney does not have a presentation and there is no um, Marvel presentation for the Avengers. And I think that's what people were really upset about. They're not in Hall H. They're not in Hall H, exactly. Um, and, you know, for Warner Brothers, kind of an interesting choice. They, they always have a lot of huge movies coming out. Um, you know, they have The Hobbit coming out, but they're, they're, they're skipping it. Um, this year, but but you know, despite that, there's still an unbelievable presence of celebrities and you know craziness, and, and you know, and they, even booths for the movies on the floor. Yes. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. The the the, the typical uh, just, uh, exhibitors are going to be there. So uh, and there's Marvel's booth is going to be what is advertising Marvel and Disney this year. It is going to have a huge Avengers presence. That was confirmed to me by a Marvel employee. And uh, rumors are that they're going to have the helicarrier there. I mean, I don't know if it's holy going to be, crap. I don't know if it's even going to be bigger that. than the throne of Odin. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if it's that going to be that. But you can bet they are going yeah. to have a huge promotion for the Avengers at the Marvel booth this year. And and they're also next year. They've already announced they're doing this monsterverse thing. They're going to have Marvel monster trucks at uh, Qualcomm Stadium, which is the football stadium. So uh, they, Marvel Monster. Oh no, Marvel, no, no, sorry, excuse yeah, me. It yeah, is the football stadium. Yeah, Qualcomm Petco is the football is, stadium. Yeah, me. and uh, they yeah, are sorry. this year. They are going to have a preview of the trucks. They're going to be on display uh, in the Gas Lab District. So <laughs> you know, the idea that that Marvel and Disney aren't going to have a presence. Um, is a little bit of a misnomer. However, I will say Disney is doing its own Comic-Con next month called D23, so they are going to have a lesson presence, and that's very deliberate on their part because they're spinning off their own thing. So, you know, they're not fools. They see what works, and they're going to do it. So, um, Although I'd be very interested to know if Marvel-themed monster trucks really brings in the Comic-Con money. Well, you know, people love monster trucks, Kate. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know. Well, I, I know. I'm just not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if there's yeah. enough audience crossover for how much the trucks are going to oh, cost. It and doesn't you can matter. be sure uh, at Comic-Con nothing exceeds, like, excess. excess yeah. yeah. This is true. This yeah. is true. So. Uh, let's see, where are we now? Um, okay, let, let, well... What do you I, guys do at Comic-Con? Uh, yes, well, I've been, like I said, I've been going almost 10 years. Uh, Heidi's got me beat, but why don't we... You, do you want to start out? And well, I, I mean, as for what you do, it, it is sort of an evolving, and even though I've been so there so many times, I still, every year, uh, don't know what to do. So, uh, so I just don't make any plans. I mean, this year, Calvin and I actually went over, because I, I think mm. you become very overwhelmed. There's only two ways to do Comic-Con, and that's with absolutely no plan at all, and just go where the winds take you and where your adventure leads. And the other is to actually plan to do things that you want to do and really prioritize and, and find a way to do it. So I think this year, Calvin and I, we sat down and actually went over yeah, the schedule. Went over the schedule. And uh, I, I, I am going to avoid the hall as much as possible. It's very crowded. It's full of um, log jams, people. Um, I, I mean, it's like being... I, however, love the hall. Okay. Well, yeah. I, 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 I mean, really do. It's insane, but I, I think I think if you try to go anywhere past the comics end of the hall, it really gets a little hot and sticky. It's insane. And just insane. <laughs> and I, I just don't... I personally don't enjoy fighting to the crowd more than like yeah. once or twice. So, I mean, when you have to go from booth to booth, it becomes just a, yeah. you know, a well, hassle. Well, I have to say, having even just been to New York Comic Con, which now is the second biggest Comic Con in the country, even that on... 
Saturday or Sunday at the wrong hour trying to get through that hall. Like, it takes you an hour to get from one part of the hall to get there. Yeah, it does. Just walking at top speed, not stopping for anything. And, I mean, this year, like, you mentioned Trickster. I mean, Trickster is going to be fantastic. It has a great lineup of artists. Uh, Scott Morse, of course I'm going. I mean, that, to me, is one of the highlights. But I, in looking at my schedule, I'm like, when am I going to go? I, I, my schedule is already packed to the rafters. I'm trying to fit in one breakfast. Well, you know what I, what happens to me every year, of course, is people uh, immediately start uh, emailing me about, you know, wanting to take me out to dinner. Now, I'm always happy for people to take me out to dinner. But the question at, at Comic-Con is, when, when do you do this? Um, I mean, very often, maybe there's a big dinner slash party that you think, okay, you sort of make that the, uh, the tent pole that you wrap your, your evening around. But it's very difficult to kind of do these kinds of sit-down things when you're a working journalist and you're trying to see as much as you can see. When I first started going to Comic-Con, I actually didn't cover it that much. And I was, I was invited out to be Wine and wine, yeah. And you could kind of do that. I would go to the San Diego Zoo. And, oh, for God's um, sake. You know, we, I, you know I, we went to the beach. But, you know, that seems like a million years ago. Since, we, uh, since Publishers Weekly has started covering uh, Comic-Con, uh, really, as a, an important trade show, there's just no time for that. Yeah, there isn't enough time in <laughs> the day. And I, I just like to put in there, like, nobody offers to take me to dinner. What the? What the? I mean, I, yeah, hello. I'm I am available so for dinner. I am just available. Just so everybody knows. I enjoy hot food. And uh, it's, you know. I she likes like comics, food. food, and walks on the <laughs> beach, I, people. Yeah, okay. and, you yes, know. I, I, but uh, I, unfortunately, I guess the reason why no one ever takes me to dinner is because I rarely get to eat it because uh, usually the dinner hour is spent in my room. Writing. You well, go. you know, maybe if someone were to bring you a nice picnic takeout dinner, yes. you could do both <laughs> writing. Well, well, I'd like that. And do direct message Twitter to let her yes. know where you're going to drop yes. it off. Um, One of the things I do love to do, and I think we all end up doing, um, is like hitting the various bars and the various hotels mm-hmm. uh, and meeting up with comics people at the end of the day uh, to knock a few back. Um, uh, and, um, you know, that's always. You know that's always part of the agenda. Yeah, you know, like I mean, yes, it's all about uh, it's all about. And of course, there's the Eisner. Yeah, the Eisner I, I would, also I would say that that generally speaking, the Comic Con socializing kind of breaks down into like Wednesday night is usually a dinner night for mm-hmm. uh, people. Well, Thursday that's night, preview night. Yeah, it is preview night, but I mean, you know, that ends at nine o'clock, yeah. so you have a nice late dinner, and then Thursday night is party night for some mm-hmm. reason. I mean, there's like yeah. twenty parties on Thursday, like all competing, and like there's usually five or six you have to go to. And so it becomes, luckily, they're all within a block of each other. So that's the beauty of San Diego. Then Friday yes. night, for us, is the Isers. the Isers. So that, you know, we need to cover that. We'll be there. And, Other people may be at parties. There we'll are a lot of parties that, that, you know, I'm just not going to be able to go to. Yeah. And then Saturday is, for some reason, nobody throws parties on Saturday. I don't or at least not in our yeah. I think everybody's too tired. Yeah. Either that or they don't. Or maybe the movie industry is throwing parties. No, no everyone from Hollywood leaves San Diego on Monday or on Saturday morning unless they're going to the EW party. That uh, is actually one of the reasons why the EW party that would explain. Yeah. Right, but that's not like that's the only party. So a Saturday for the people who aren't going to the EW party are is usually the night where you hang out at the Hyatt or the Hilton and bar hop and and just uh, or maybe know. actually have dinner. Yes, there. I have had dinner. Yes, there. There is sometimes a Saturday dinner, and then mm-hmm. Sunday you just you know do sleep, 
So are you are you going to make a grocery store run before you start all well, this insanity so that you That's, can oh, well, save it all we, in your we room? We neglected uh, to mention one important factor that I think every veteran Comic-Con goer does is that Ralph's. Ralph's, yes. I mean, Ralph's is a fabulous, I don't, I, I don't even want to call it a convenience store. It's like a massive, I guess it's a supermarket, really. Yeah. But you know what? It's 24 hours. Yes. And, um, you know, you you go there the first the first thing you do to get the stuff you need. Yeah, the stuff you need is usually from beer to cold some, cut. Uh, some <laughs> vegetables, like some carrot sticks, maybe some bread snacks. Uh, they have a full liquor. I uh, beer, liquor, Calvin. <laughs> I mean, you get a bottle of vodka, and that's you know <laughs> that'll last you. Room. Yeah, because it's inf infamously hor impossible to get a, a a drink at the bars of of Comic Con because they're so crowded. So anyway, <laughs> Ralph's is definitely a necessity. Um, but anyway. Um, what else? Besides drinking and shopping at Ralph's, there are some other things we're going to be doing at That's the show. That's true. Yes. Oh, well, you know what, Kate, but you also, I, I want to just say, Kate has the most important role as far as oh, I'm yes, concerned. Yes. I'm mission control back at base. <laughs> yes. <laughs> back at the base camp here. Just calling Oracle. Holding, holding things Oracle, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. Uh, handicapped by being on the wrong coast. <laughs> so I am going to be back here in my apartment, Comic-Con Central 2, um, in front of my computer or reachable by text message, except for when I'm going to be at the We're Not Going to Comic-Con type parties in New York, which I will also cover, uh, covering all the little details that Heidi is too busy with the big scoops to catch. So, consider me the Beats news aggregator type person, while Heidi gets to actually see all the and, fun stuff. And then, you know, even though uh, it sounds like I'm getting the best of the deal, you actually can cover the show far better not being there, because you're, you're like, able to, like Oracle, get the whole look at everything. So, right, I mean, right. I, so I get what, the big picture, and, you yeah. take care so, of And the, you're also on the same coast where we're publishing. I mean, yeah. it, one of the interesting things about covering Comic-Con, of course, is that we're like, what... I always get this mixed up. Three hours ahead? Whatever. Well, we're going to be... Th yeah. 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 Three ahead. hours ahead. So, you know, when it's nine here, it's six o'clock in the morning out there. And, you know, trying to file stories. Yeah. Uh, Bleary-eyed after uh, knocking back a few uh, at the Marriott or wherever. Um, always uh, tries our professionalism. Yes. But we are very professional. Yes. And speaking of which... So at the show, yes. we do have actual, some professional things that we're going to be doing. And we're yes. starting with Wednesday. Now, Wednesday is preview night, uh, three hours of intense uh, show floor action, as you have never seen. Um, but before that is one of the best events, and it's another off-site, even though it's just next door at the Marriott, um, is the ICV2 conference, yes. and uh, which both uh, P Publishers Weekly and The Beat are sponsoring this year. Yeah. So, Why don't you explain what an ICV2 conference is and well, where they show up? Well, this particular ICV2 conference is really going to focus on comics and digital media. Yes, and um, it's thrown by Milton Gripe, who mm -hmm. is the owner of the ICV2 website, which is a, a news site for trade like news nerd, website trade for, news for web. comics and pop yeah. culture. Yeah, and like you know, covers toys, mm -hmm. games, um, yeah, all movies. that cards. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the the nerd the nerd world. Mm -hmm. But the real difference between ICV2 and most websites covering the same sort of thing is that ICV2 frequently takes a statistical look yes. at the yeah. industry. Yes, I mean yeah. all those great numbers about you know how many comics are coming yeah. in, what's selling, where is it selling. Mm -hmm. A lot of that gets filtered in to the comic industry through ICV2, and we all really depend upon them a lot to get a picture of what's going on out there and in the industry. That, 
That is a reason why this is so uh, newsworthy because Milton will be delivering his white paper, mm-hmm. which is where he talks about an annual classic. Yes, of uh, what the sales trends are and how much money is in the business, and um, it's always an eye opener and makes a lot yeah. of headlines. Mm-hmm. And then um, there are several panels, and I am moderating one which is on comics and transmedia, and it has a fantastic lineup, uh, including John Rood from DC, Alvin Liu from Viz. Um, it has representatives from Panelfly and Graphically, and it also has Mike Richardson from Dark Horse, and Ted Adams from IDW. Great. So yeah. I have my work cut out for me, and uh, you know, uh, talking to all these wonderful gentlemen, but uh, very smart gentlemen also. Mm-hmm. But basically, it's going to be about how comics spin off and on the media, yeah. and and mm-hmm. how the digital sp- uh, space is impacting that, and what kind of comics are selling in other uh, digital space. So I'm very excited about that. Got to bone up on my homework. And uh, I'm going to be moderating a panel on the on the same program. Um, it's uh, the um, uh, comics, paper, and digital, and I've I've got a, a really impressive panel as well. Among the people on the panel, Bill, Bill Shane is from from Diamond, um, um, David Sternberger from um, a Comicsology on dig- uh, obviously talking about digital comics. Um, I'm losing track. Uh, uh, Bob Wayne is. Oh, uh, Bob Wayne from DC <laughs> Comics. <laughs> I'm already um, a little bit uh, out of it, and I haven't even gotten to San yeah. Diego yet. But uh, I'm going to have to do some homework as well. Um, but the the uh, ICV2 uh, conference is really going to kick off really. Um, the rest of the week's programming because there will be a big slate of programming. Yeah, and I I will say Milton has done this. I think this is the third year he's done it, yes. and mm-hmm. um, he does it at New York Comic Con also. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's always well attended. But I'm actually surprised more people don't go. I, it's a really great yeah. networking. But don't you have to be in the industry to go? Well, you can buy a ticket. And a ticket isn't yeah. cheap. It's like a yeah. hundred dollars. But you know, for that kind of a conference, that's pretty much um, you know and Milton, very standard. I mean, Milton gets really the most knowledgeable. Um, uh, and people in the business, as well as the business yeah. leaders, uh, the people who are really making things happen, things happen in the comics industry. I mean, so. you're not going to see a lineup if you're interested in the nitty gritty of the publishing comics publishing industry. You're not going to see a lineup like that elsewhere yeah. at uh, at the show. And yeah. you know, like uh, Calvin and I are technically sponsors, but yes, you know, we do yeah. not make any money off yeah. of it. So yeah. we are just but, you know, uh, it's you a know, it's a I but think it's, it's a, a great really platform. Um, you know. Uh, for us, for, for Publishers Weekly, for PW Comics World, um, you know, Milton just brings an awful lot of business sense to it and great research. And, uh, yes, you know, it's a benefit absolutely. for all of us. Yeah, totally. Um, and then at the show itself, um, let me see. Well, uh, I have a couple more panels, actually. Uh, there is a Publishers Weekly panel for the first time. It's on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Which Go is, us. Which is, yes, mm-hmm. which is a little bit... Um, you know, uh, perhaps a little uh, hungover Sunday. But you know what? Sometimes you get some... Are you going to be mentioning our wonderful podcast there? I, I, I'm not sure if I will, because the topic is uh, what comes after the graphic novel. And it's, ah. it's uh, more of a panel about, uh, with Borders, you know, more bad news about Borders today. And we have some publishing people, some retailers, and uh, we're going to talk about, um, you know, what what's happening to the book industry mm-hmm. as it as it relates to graphic novels. So uh, I have Judy Hansen on there, who's an agent mm-hmm. and very knowledgeable. Portland Freeman, a retailer, um, a couple of other people, uh, and I, I'm, I think it's going to be a very good panel. I have yeah. one other panel that is on Saturday, and uh, which is actually a pretty interesting one, also for Legendary Comics. Oh yes, and yeah. uh, it is uh, with Frank Miller. So that's another. Sure. 
a homework but assignment what's it about? for me. It's about legendary comics. That's all. I, I can't say any more than that oh, I here. I, I I'm embargoed, but uh, it will be about this line of comics that's being put out through Legendary, uh, which is a uh, movie studio that's produced the Batman movies, the Hangover movies, and uh, the owner Thomas Tall is just a big a mm-hmm. big fan, and so he wants Sh- to publish comics. Should be interesting. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah. and can we talk about the editorial presence that is there, or is that is that embargoed as well? I think it's uh, well, Bob Shrek. I mean, everybody's yeah. on the panel, awesome. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. mean, it, it's like, oh, what we don't know. Well, what really is going on? Yeah. But I think you can add that up yeah. uh, pretty easily. So. They're making but, comics. Yes. But uh, obviously, be- beyond the panels that we're going to be personally involved in, there is just a massive slate of programming to, that would drive any nerd into a frenzy. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm just yeah. quickly, um, I mean, some of the things that have caught my eye uh, um, uh, is that um, the Comics Pro, the retailer organization, they, they sort of have their own track of publishing. Yeah, but you know, Calvin, that's not open to the public. Oh, this isn't. A, well, it isn't. Well, I, I thought we were actually talking about the things we were going to be going oh, yeah, to, yeah, yeah, and yeah. we're professional, so we're going to be at this right. yes, to talk about this yes, and yes, cover. Yes. Um, so, no, that it's not open to the fans, but um, it certainly is open to us. And it's a great way to get a feel for what retailers are talking about and where they're going. And we'll tell you what happened there. Yes, exactly. Now, but beyond the Comics Pro panel, really the the, the slate. Where do you begin? Um, the, um, where do you begin? So he much, has this enormous packet printed so out in front pro, of him, uh, right there's here. So much uh, panel. Uh, now the the J Manga uh, uh, panel that I mentioned before. We're, uh, obviously, uh, we're going to be covering that. Uh, I believe Fanic Graphics is going to be having a 35th anniversary. Yes. Panel. Um, um, the list goes on. Um, there, obviously, there will be an endless amount of coverage of, of DC Comics and the, uh, the yes, relaunch. They're, they're doing a new fifty-two panel every day. Every day. Um, I okay. mean, where to begin? Oh, go and ahead. there's going to be a faux protest mark. Oh, that's against oh, yes, 52 yes, 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 by true. various disgruntled fans that's who are true, going yes. to march against it as if it were a yeah. social issue. I think most of them are doing it tongue in cheek. It should probably be quite a spectacle. Oh, no. yeah. um, other panels that have caught my eye: Kadancha, which uh, has decided to launch um, mm-hmm. its to, really to take over the publishing of its manga titles in the U.S. from Del Rey. They will have a panel. It's been a little mystery about their list, what they plan to be issuing. I mean, they've made sort of conflicting announcements. So they are going to be there. They're going to be talking about their upcoming books. That's something uh, for us to look at. Um, what else? I could go on forever. <laughs> Abrams, uh, Charlie Kochman will be hosting a long list of panels, um, touching on the list there. Yeah. And I mean, other publishers that uh, that we love and uh, talk about all the time. Uh, Drawn and Quarterly is going to be there oh, with yes, Anders Nilsson. Chester Brown is going to be there. Um, they're going to have a bunch of new books, including copies of Kate Beaton's Heart of Vagrant collection yeah. debuting there. I think everybody's going to want that. Um, Anders Nilsson's Big Questions, uh, an amazing book that he was mm-hmm. wor- been working on for 10 years. The uh, final copies are going to be there. Um, you know, Fantagraphics is also going to have an incredible booth. The Hernandez Brothers have a spotlight panel. Yes. Yeah. Um, our friends at uh, NBM yes. have oh, a great booth. Yeah, there's a Remembering Harvey panel. I think Abrams is sponsoring it. Uh, Joyce Brabner will be on it, and uh, um, uh, I think uh, Jeff Newell is, yes. is moderating it. Uh, so it's roughly a year since um, yeah. Harvey died. Yeah. Uh, so there will be that and other uh, tributes to Harvey, I'm sure. To clarify, the Harvey in question is Harvey Picar, yes. not 
other comic well, anyone else Harvey's. Named Harvey. Um, you know, you know, I just really wanted to talk a little bit about like everybody is excited. Yes, that Steven Spielberg is finally coming to Comic Con at the show, and you know, whoop de doo at the final, final. I mean, Miyazaki already did it, Steven. So you know, get in line. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, really, if you, I wish. The guests at Comic Con got more play because they're absolutely yeah. incredible. You know, I, I have a list here and it's really too huge, but I mean, you you know, Sergio Argonas is going to be yeah. there. Um, That's a few names. You know, Jordi Bernay, the incredible yes. uh, Spanish yes. artist who drew Torpedo and yes. does jo- Jonah Hex now. Um, uh, Eve Bigarel, who is like an amazing French cartoonist, is going to be there. Obviously, these are in alphabetical order. I, I mentioned Chester Brown. Chester Brown oh, yes. has not been to Comic Con in 10 years. Um, you know, an incredible chance to meet him. There's a spotlight on Filipino cartoonists this year. There and, are a lot of them, and, and they are amazing. And they're amazing, and they have mm-hmm. this whole tradition that is, is you know, very little known here, mm-hmm. but they're so incredible. Like, Ernie Chan is going to be there, Tony DeZuniga, uh, Gary Langwood, and really, Elmer. They're really kind of behind the packaging, aren't they, of a lot of comics that are produced mm-hmm. here yeah, in the States. Yeah, right. definitely, and... Um, if Filipino comics don't hit big here in the next ten years, I don't know what's wrong with the comic industry. Yes, That's all I'm saying. I- exactly. Um, you know, Seymour uh, Chwas, the great designer. Uh, he has a, a Canterbury Tales adaptation that's coming out from Random House of Alan Davis. Yeah. Uh, the artist of the X-Men, you know, 2000 AD. I mean, an incredible. The guys from Mad are going to be there. Um... Eric Drucker, you know, Garth Ennis. He hasn't been yeah. at Comic Con. He's just directed a movie, also, so you know he's moving on. And to his Hollywood movie side, is going to be there. Yes, it's going to yeah. be um, you know uh, shown. They have a special screening. Um, Joyce Farmer, a Titan oh, yes, of Women's yes. Comics, and Special X. It's her great book. I mean, yeah. I'm just going on and on through this. I mean, authors are going to be there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Rebecca Moista, Sherilyn Kenyon, George R. R. Martin is going to be there. Um, and Rice is going to be there. And Rice is going to be there. That should be very interesting. Yeah, uh, he also another special um, um, pan program that they have of guests is the first fandom. They have people mm-hmm. like Maggie Thompson and Richard mm-hmm. Kyle. Um, these are the guys and, and women who invented comic book fandom 50 yeah. years ago. There's going to be quite a few special events on this and um, I, I mean these alone would be headline grabbers as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Well I um, think part of it is that a lot of us just assume that everyone is going to be at Comic Con. So there's sort of headliner fatigue after too many really big names. If I can just toss in, I mean, this, I don't know whether this falls under programming or, or our book list or whatever, but um, uh, Morgan Spurlock, uh, the film director and documentary director um, of uh, Super Size Me and, the, uh, and many other films, um, he's actually amazingly has put together a book and film documentary um, project uh, that he put together with Stan Lee, Josh Whedon, um, and Thomas Toll, uh, and they basically have done a film documentary of Comic-Con that they are just now finishing up, uh, but there is also a, a book that will be a, a trade edition uh, that you can buy at any bookstore, and a special edition that will be on sale um, at Comic-Con, in fact, on sale, and he will be there on the floor uh, of, of Comic-Con on, on preview night. Uh, it's basically a giant picture book, but it does have some of the flavor of going to Comic-Con. There are images of just about every kind of person and every kind of band is there, from, from creators and authors to publishers to, to cosplayers. So it's, 
It's really quite a project. It's kind of a fan's dream project. And in an interview with Morgan Spurlock, he really did reveal himself to basically be one of us. Yes. Uh, he's he, yeah, he's he a big totally comics is. nerd and proud of it. And he wrote a book for Dark Horse that came out uh, earlier this go. year also. You so, you know, I, I, I think it, it's it, everybody is goes to see the spectacle of movie stars and, you know, people in crazy costumes. But there's just an incredible lineup of creators there as well. So, you know, anyone who's actually getting in the magic mm-hmm. circle would be foolish not to avail themselves of that yes. as well. And there's plenty of comics still at Comic-Con. Yes. Yes. And you don't have to look that hard. Um, so should everywhere. we uh, run through our quick little book list sure. uh, this weekend? Let's talk very quickly. We're going to talk about some of the titles that will will be on the floor and promoted and hyped at, the, at Comic-Con. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, Drawn a Quarterly, I mentioned, has a whole bunch of debuts, and uh, they will have the new edition of The Death Ray by Daniel Klaus, which is a, a classic book that came out. It was actually first eight ball 23, a stand- standalone issue of his comic, and uh, it's the darkest um, take on superheroes m- maybe ever. It's it's if, um, you know, Booth Tarkington did a... <laughs> book about superheroes and it's about a disaffected youth who finds a very incredible power and an array that does things and uh, because it's a Daniel Klaus book he really does dark things and it's a pretty incredible story and the new version is a lovely hardcover uh, it's a little supplementary material a, a handsome volume that anyone would like to have their hands on um, another book that will be there as a, my favorite of mine I plug him every single time but he's so great he never gets his, uh, enough attention as far as I'm concerned is The Lives of Sacco and Vanzetti by Rick Geary he does this yeah. great series of nonfiction comics that are fantastic and very well researched and uh, finally, a book that isn't out yet, but uh, it's called Dear Creature uh, by Jonathan Case, who's a first-time graphic novelist. It's about a sea monster who gets Shakespeare in, uh, reads Shakespeare through messages in bottles, and after reading them, decides that he's not going to kill people anymore and comes to land and falls in love with a human woman. It's really weird, um, and uh, I, it's coming out later this fall. I, I, I was reading it. It's, it's got some rough spots, but it's very imaginative, and, you know, that's what's always yeah. big in my book. Okay, for what I've got here, real quickly, um, I'm going to be looking for, um, in particular, a book from, uh, you know, a, a comics artist that really I've become a, a big fan of. Uh, he's got a book called Orcs Forge for War. It's uh, a comics adaptation of... Um, a, a series of fantasy novels by Stan Nichols. Um, it's a fantasy war battle no- graphic novel done in full color, beautifully illustrated. Um, Joe uh, Joe's most recent work uh, was a, a book called Hell City that he did with Macon Blair, the writer. Uh, a really unusual book, uh, basically a, de- a detective story set in hell. Yes, Kate. Yes, and I can speak to the Orc series because I have read it in book form. Oh, okay. And basically it's something of a take that to Tolkien and other fantasy novel authors like him who have that one really ugly warlike race who apparently have no culture or souls. And this is a book writing about them Um, and saying something quite different. Yeah, and just incredible. Joe's ability to to do... Well, for second books... You know, first, se- <laughs> first seconds uh, production value is always great. You know, their amazing. books are really well colored, and and you know they have yeah. a very high standard of quality. And I'm going to follow that up with yet another first second book. Uh, this is a really interesting work, Zara's Paradise, 
um, the uh, creators are only named as Amir and Khalil. It really is a kind of blow-by-blow -blow work that, through fiction, documents real events in the Iranian revolution of, uh, and the election of, of 2009. It really was initially done as a webcomic. There will be new material added for the print book. Um, it was done right along, um, and you can kind of use, you can kind of read the book and go to the website and kind of work them both together. Uh, but it really is a, an unusual um, way to publish the book, but it's really created a, uh, I think, an unusual kind of work that sort of exists in real time as well as really as a, a finished print work um, that's coming out from, um, uh, from for a second, and uh, I think you're going to really hear a lot about this, you know, as the book is published. And last and certainly not least, um, Abrams uh, Comics Art is really bringing out and bringing back in book form uh, Will Eisner's classic um, book of military repair manuals. But PS, <laughs> PS Magazine really was a revolutionary effort. This, is, this was started in um, the 1940s. I really want to see that. Basically, um, Will Eisner had set up a company to do non-fiction comics of all kind, and he convinced the U.S. military that using comics to teach soldiers how to do their jobs, how to repair, how to do maintenance, uh, would would be actually be the most efficient and productive way to do it. They agreed, and I forget the exact number of years, but this, he published this for about ten years, and it's really kind of amazing. Abrams is bringing out a complete edition in color of all of the comics um, and all of the manuals. And they're really uh, quite amazing. So I really think this is something. I think you learn how to field strip a, you know, a gun and how, how to, to you know. fix a jeep. Yeah. Um, but really, they're done as, as as comical stories. There, you know, there are there's uh, Joe Dope, who is the you know the problematic serviceman. Uh, there's a you know there's a beautiful dame as well, um, who's trying to get these soldiers to kind of do things the right way. But it's really an insight into uh, really Will Eisner's genius in realizing that comics can teach and it's such an effective and efficient way to pass information. Uh, and, and, and particularly in a situation uh, in wartime and in large bureaucratic organizations, uh, you can get information across quickly. In a fun way. And in, in a, a fun very way. fun way. So, well, you know, I, I think we're just, what you just heard might have been the last shreds of our sanity as Calvin <laughs> yes. and I prepare and... <laughs> For, to set off on this epic journey of drinking and comics. So <laughs> it sounds almost like a comic book. Yes, yes, yes. It it's a quest. So, uh, Our quest for the soul uh, of comic. But we'll be back in two weeks' time, and we will have the story of that epic That's quest. Right. Will we survive? Yes. Tune in two weeks from today to find out. Yeah. There will be more to come. More to come. As it always is.